I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Barry Worthington, and this is the Progress with Unity podcast. How are we doing, chaps? A little bit of positivity creeping into the camp. A point away oh, yeah. from home. Unbeaten in two now. Will Key mentioned that in his post-match interview. He said that we're on this little unbeaten run. And you want to hear that coming from the lads, don't you? You check anything you can get at this time. Anything, any positive. There are definitely positive signs, but we have to remember that we've picked up two points in six games and one point every three games is not going to be enough. So there's a long way to go. There is a long way to go, but, you know, you start where you are. I hope, as far as the league form goes, they've start, started at Cardiff, which finished one apiece. I'll just run through the stats quickly. Possession 60% to Cardiff, 40 to the Latics. Cardiff had 11 attempts, Latics 16. On target, Cardiff 12. Twice, Latics hit the target four times. Corners three apiece. Seven fouls committed by Cardiff, 11 by the Latics. Cardiff picked up four yellows. We picked up two and an attendance of 18,041. The possession stats, I sort of assumed that the way Toure was talking, that we was going to be a possession-based team, but it, it's not turning out that way, is it? No, not really. I've stalled really because you say, I guess Man City's the blueprint for possession possession side but they're also um, they're a pressing side as well I think the possession part of it seems to have disappeared in the last couple of games but the pressing seems to be better we, see, we do we do seem to be putting more pressure on the opposition maybe just at the moment doesn't think he's got the quality of players on the ball to play that possession football and move us forward it's alright passing it across the back and, and not doing anything but actually to make those passes where a midfielder has to take it back to goal, you know, and, and, and roll it back off to the defender who plays it wide. It takes a bit of time, so I think he's he's simplified it. But in terms of performance, it's got better, and it's not that bad on the eye. You know, I've, I've quite enjoyed our last couple of performances. In the first half, you said there were some nice passes in the play. There was two chances for Lang, for example. One was an header, which came from a nice move, Max Power, Played a, a great ball to James McLean, who'd overlapped, knocked a, a great cross in, and, and Lange was stood middle of the six-yard box and he headed wide. And then earlier than that, he'd picked the ball up on the left-hand side and cut in field, and he hit one with his right foot, which sailed past the post, uh, eye-wide and handsome. I thought it was a little bit sparky in that first half. I thought Cousins, Naylor and Power, as the three in midfield, were playing quite well. Yeah, I think having that three solidifies it, doesn't it, a lot more. We said that last week. But again, with Cousins, it's a shame, but you can't ever see him putting more than two or three games together. And if that's an hamstring again, he's not. He's out for six six to eight weeks, I would think. I think we've got to look at an, an alternative and maybe that alternative young player we found yesterday who replaced him. He looked very good, Aziz. With Shinny leaving, we're, we're a man light now in that area, aren't we? Because Aziz has come in for Shinny and Cousins gets injured, so we're a man yeah. light. Are we going to bring somebody in? A midfielder who puts a bit of pressure on us to find somebody for that area now. I just thought Cousins and Naylor and Powell worked really well together. There was a, a good understanding. I mentioned when, when we played Luton away in the Cup that the three in midfield for me was a really positive sign. Miguel came on and I think he's put himself into Latic's photo loss. I mean, we'll come to that later on when we talk about the goal. The injury happens right on the stroke of half-time. We made a substitution rather than waiting for half-time. And the way the substitute rules are, that could have backfired slightly on us. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's normal to give a player just a minute or two to get to half time and you can do a proper assessment. And, you know, in these new rules, making substitutions at half time is basically free, isn't it? What did you think of Aziz's debut? Yeah, I thought it was, um, from what I saw of it, I thought he was a very different sort of player than we've, than we've had in a while in terms of his... We only saw it as a glimmer, but that excellent pass from Naylor that played him through, making those runs into the box. We've not really had that sort of midfielder. I think I said to you yesterday, Barry, that um, you could talk about Nick Powell, but he's more of a... He was more of an attacker rather than a midfielder. And obviously at a higher level, he reminded me that that box-to-box midfielder like an, an Ian Kilford type player from the uh, from the 90s. You, you'd like to think slightly higher standards. I know he was a legend, Kilford, but I'm not convinced that an Ian Kilford in this team would uh, <laughs> would cut it. But that, that play, Brian Robson, I think maybe he could have been that type of player where you're in one box and you're defending, but then you're making the right intelligent runs to get into attacking positions where you can score. And if we can work on that more, it gives us another option which we've not really had for a long time so it's another way of scoring a goal you know rather than getting that perfect crossing and you know that that type of method it's a it run from midfield Deli Ali's probably the, the the other one but hopefully he doesn't fade like that you know that type of player that seems to arrive at the right time there were times in the game he was our deepest player weren't he he was behind the centre-backs and he were picking the ball up off Amos and then driving it forward I was quite impressed with him if I'm being honest and I spoke to somebody from Portsmouth last week who I'm not saying they bad moves him, but they said he, he, he didn't break any break any eggs when he was down there. So don't expect too much. But I, I I thought he did all right. And talking of debuts, Corker. Wow. We've got to remember he's not played a lot of football over the last six months. And he's he's come in, in into the middle of a a relegation dogfight with two centre backs. He's young Charlie Hughes, he's probably only met him that morning. And Tilty, he, he's not he's not met him before, has he, before he's come to the club. I just thought he was superb, to be honest with you. I thought it was that bode so well for, for the coming weeks and months. I thought he was brilliant. The concern with him for me is that we we can't overburden him at this stage, I think, because he came in yesterday and he was fit enough to play the match, but I wouldn't have thought he'd be there on, on Tuesday, even if I, I don't even know if the rules allow him to play if he wasn't available for the first match. But I think we've just got to manage him accordingly, make sure we get some get some rest. But we've got, you know, we've got a sports science team there who's going to monitor that because what we don't want is him pulling up and losing him for six weeks, you know. So I think it's just got to be managed carefully. But if he if he's on the pitch for most of the remainder of the season we're going to be well organised at the very least at the back and we've also got obviously some some talent alongside him as well Hughes is obviously a young lad who's um, looks like he's going to prosper and you know keep tilt organised keep him focused and we've got three good centre-backs there and obviously what more who maybe we're now seeing what the Portsmouth fans said before the start of last season great player what more but how often are you going to get him on the pitch? For me this season, he's really been fully fit. So that's all we can get him recovered. And then we've got, you know, a really good set of centre-backs in there. If we get to the point where we've got four good centre-backs who can all do a good job, any of them come in, you trust them to do a good job. That's the basis that you start to build your spine on. I still want to see a bit more from Stephen Corker because, like I said last week, he had it. Has he still got it or can he find it again? I always think the first game you kind of get through on adrenaline, game two, game three for me are the ones where you kind of show your colours a little bit more. 
I thought he looked quite good, as I, as I just said. He had that little arrow where he brought the ball out. He took an heavy touch and he stretched and, and they won a free kick, which he eventually scored from that move. He picked up a booking as well. I mean, that's a typical Latix debut, isn't it? Pick a booking up. Yeah, definitely, yeah. He got caught out a little bit. They got the free kick. They knocked it in and I don't know what we were doing. We were standing off, weren't we? They managed to get the ball into the centre and Odoida just he hit it and it took a, a bit of a deflection off Charlie Hughes' shin and, and ended up in the back of the net. And I thought it was against a runner player that time. Yeah, we seemed to be getting stronger in the game as it went on. You could tell that the the Cardiff fans were starting to turn on them as well. You could just feel it, can't you, the atmosphere. We felt it enough at home, haven't we? <laughs> In recent in recent weeks, that sort of atmosphere where everyone's on edge, and then yeah, like you said, against the runner play, they score, and you just think, you know, how are we going to get points? You know, because today we've been the better side, and you know we've lost again. That's what we're, that's what I was thinking once an eighty third minute goal went in eighty third minute, and we'd taken Lang off at that point for Fletcher as well, and. It wasn't Langy's best game yesterday for us, was it, by any stretch of the imagination? He lost possession a few times. He looked a bit leggy to me. You know, instead of going to the ball, he waited for the ball to come to him. But anyway, Langy's Langy. We went to goal behind, and like you said, Adam, you're thinking, oh, God, here we go again. But he threw on McGuinness and Asgard, took Naylor and Hughes off, and I thought it was a bit unfair on both of them because they both played really well, Tom Naylor and Hughes, but we had to, to go for it. And then four minutes stoppage time, there was a bit of time wasting going on. And I, I saw the referee just look at his watch as if I said, you know, I'm going to add this on so you can take all the time you want. Sure enough, he did do. We got to the 96th minute and you're waiting for the whistle to blow. Max Power, it's that. What a superb ball into the box that way. I mean, that was brilliant. I mean, people say, what does Max Power bring to the match? Well, there you go. Fletcher wins the error at the back post. And then the other man, what does Will Keane bring to the side? Gets his 10th goal of the season. We've got some weird fans, haven't we? I mean, basically, the question is, what does Will Key do for our team? Well, I actually think in his general play is not that bad anyway. But there's a very simple answer, goals. You know, he's on target to be our, in terms of a season, our best goal scorer since in the top two divisions since Nathan Ellington in 2004-05. Since then, we haven't had a player who scored more than 12 goals in a season. Uh, and first season in the Premier League, Kamara. Um, at this level, we've only, I think, had a couple of players uh, who've reached 10. So for me, he's already reached that. You know, I, I'm very confident that he'll go past that. And if he can get 16, 17 goals at this level in a, in a side that's struggling, that's exactly what he brings to the table. He brings you goals. He brings you important goals at important times. It's like saying to Haaland, what does Haaland bring to the team? I watched him yesterday against Man City. He was useless. But but he basically, he's, he's on target for having the best season ever in the Premier League. It's a very simple answer. What does Will Keane bring? Goals. Yeah, and he, he could have, in fairness, he could have had another two yesterday as well, couldn't he? You know, he, he could have had another two goals. I, I think we was unlucky not to win that game, if I'm being honest with you. The celebration afterwards, though, I mean, what a celebration that was. They all, all at the back post, all run to, to the fans. There was a flare on the pitch. Corker was there kissing everybody's head. McGuinness was punching the air. Fletcher was had a big cheetah grin on him. And then along runs Miguel and picks up the, the floor and he does a max power. And he's suddenly he's a yeah. cult status now, isn't he? You yeah. know? But then, then it restarts and you think he's going to blow straight away, you know, for full time. <laughs> then they go down the right-hand side. I mean, I don't think it was a penalty, but... 
Oh, you know, God, you, yeah. <laughs> your heart was fluttering for a bit, wasn't it? Were they going to get, uh, after we've equalised, were they going to get a 98th minute penalty? To win it? But I, I don't think the ref, the ref would have given I mean, it would have to be absolutely blatant to give one in the 98th minute. And then to top it all, when, after the final whistle, can a city sack Mark Hudson? Uh, it'd be yeah. a ge- it'd good to see a genuine list of all managers that have been sort of sacked by losing to given clubs because obviously we've got a pretty decent track record of it. I'd like to yeah. see that across the whole leagues. It'd be interesting. Well, there's, uh, that. Yeah, there's two teams in the championship for me that epitomise that and you look at their owners, you know, the um, Cardiff and Hull, you know, and what they've wanted to do to those clubs, you know, like changing the name to Hull City Tigers, wasn't it? And then mm. changing Cardiff's colour of the kit and all that kind of stuff. And the way they've been with managers... You know, I think he's just shows that you know the, these owners don't actually understand what football football's about. You can't just keep changing them. Yes, we've rolled the dice and made, you know we've already had that. We've exhausted that discussion about Richardson, but you know we need to hold our nerve now and Tory in place and allow him to build his team. Kerry City signed a player in summer. Uh, he's not played yet because he got injured pre-season, and by the time he makes his debut there'll have been three managers in place at the club. So it's just a crazy, crazy situation. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of anger aimed at Vincent Sam rather than at Mark Hudson because they said he's suffered a lot and started behind his back. I don't think the majority of the fans were after getting rid of him. I saw a really good quote. To, he said, Cardiff City can't live with Vincent Tan and they can't live without him. On the benches today was Jamie Jones, Tendai Rico and Guion Edwards. And I noticed how uh, happy little Guion was as well when he was dancing about at the end of the game. So so that was really good to see. I wonder if Vincent Tan asked uh, Hudson for his business form back after he was sacked. <laughs> Man of the match, as voted for by our listeners on both Twitter and Facebook, Classics number 32, Charlie Hughes. Come on, Charlie. That's two man of the matches already. I think we've got a bit of a gem there. So well uh, done to Charlie. Barry only, Barry only voted 50 times. And I'm not saying it was fixed, but voter ID required in future. A couple of things I'd say. Luke O9, he played for Sunderland. You know, some clubs are players that opposition fans love to hate and home fans love. I mean, we've seen that with Graham Kavanagh. We love to hate him. Then we signed him and we loved him. Michael Brown was another. And there's been others, haven't there? There's been Kevin Davis. I think we'd have loved, you know, he was at Bolton. I think we, we'd have probably loved him if he'd have played for us. But Luke 09 is definitely one of those, except I don't think I'd ever love him if he played for Wigan Athletic. What an horrible little get he is. He got sent off yesterday for an absolute disgraceful tackle on uh, a Swansea City player. See, saw a red and they did some whining. Then Sunderland fans not after doing some whining about that. So for me, Sunderland are the new Bolton. So I'm just glad that uh, we finished playing on this season. We've still uh, got the old Bolton, don't forget. Oh yeah, well, out of sight, out of mind, Paul. So it doesn't matter. You know, they're in a different division. Let's keep it that way. They're not that out of sight from where I live, put it that well, way. Well, no, oh, unfortunate that. Just a message for our rather noisy supporters on Twitter. The idea of supporting a team is getting behind them, not crippling them and crucifying them all the time. These players are playing for us. They're our players. Just just get behind them and see what we can do instead of just bloody calling them out all the time. We've already mentioned Max Power and Will Keane on, in, in that match yesterday, but some of the stick that he has is absolutely disgraceful. My question would be, if you took Max Power at the team, who plays in his place? Who's going to come in and play where Max players if you set Will Keane out who's going to play he's going to start Chris C up front well I mean what, what who's, on who's earth who's going to score them goals who's going to who's proven to score those goals you know that, um, that's the thing 
And when you're talking to Max, we've had two managers this season and he's played every minute of every game under both those managers. So they see something in him. Let's look at what he gets criticised for. Giving the ball away and pointing. If you look at that, he's actually playing a pass forwards, which is something that everybody else gets criticised for, being too negative. He's always trying to play forwards, trying to drive forwards, and he's pointing at players that are being negative, not getting forwards, not taking a gamble. And if they had done, they'd have been in the place to receive the pass. So I've got absolutely no criticisms of him. It's those that don't understand what he's trying to do that want criticising. I trust managers more. I trust managers more than people on Twitter, and he's consistently held down positions under many managers over his career. You know, he's always been a starter. He's captain the number. He's captain on a number of occasions as well. So you're saying five or six managers are all wrong. Well, yeah, obviously Twitter users know a lot more, don't they? They do uh, indeed. You've got a Twitter account. You've a divine right to be right, haven't you? I've no doubt he'll be playing on Tuesday. Paul Turi made a quite interesting comment in his post-match interview, we are working on two more signings. Now, there's been quite a few rumours we were trying to bring in. Tyler Blackett, who was at Reading. A few other names we mentioned, the possibility that the one could be, but we'll have to wait and see. Tuesday evening, we've got Luton in the replay of the FA Cup with a home tie against Grinsby waiting. This particular game can go to penalties. An exciting evening. And if you're a season ticket holder, you get a free ticket as well. A quick mention on players to watch. Calvin Morris, quite a, a decent striker. If you didn't see his goal against West Brom from yesterday, take a look. Absolute corker. Struggling a little bit at the moment. I think it's five games now without a win for Luton. So they're on the same street as we're on. So let's see what we can do. We drew at Kenilworth Road. One apiece. Naylor and Connick. Well, the referee will be Matt Donoghue, who is from Denton. He's a former PE teacher who was appointed to the national list of EFL referees at the start of the 18-19 season and then to the select group two referees the following summer, which is a reasonably quick rise through the rank. He's previously refereed the Latics five times, all in the championship. 2019-20, QPR away, Forest and Tolman away and Brentford away. And he also took charge of the first away game of this season, which was at Norwich and a 1-1 draw. So far this season, Matt Donoghue has taken charge of 19 games. 16 of those have been in the Championship. And this season so far, he's issued 64 yellows, one red, and he has awarded three penalties. And that is Matt Donoghue, who will be your referee on Tuesday night for the visit to Luton Town. So we've met Luton at home only uh, once in the FA Cup back in 2002. Uh, Latics were riding high at the top of Division 2 in our 100-point season. Luton were at the time chasing our tails in seventh, but 14 points behind. The goal between the two sides showed on the day. Nathan Ellington with two goals and a Michael Flynn volley seen us through. A young Emerson Boyce, have we ever heard of him, was in the Luton side. Latics lined up. In goal, number one, John Filer, Eden, Brecken, Jackson, Baines, Scott Green, replaced by Mitchell, Tony Dinning, Jason Jarrett, and Neil Roberts, replaced by Flynn in the 81st, Peter Kennedy, replaced by Teal in the 55th minute, he'll tear you apart, the Duke, and also... Dave Besant was on the bench and uh, as, as all Latix fans know, he was the oldest player ever to play for the Latix. So, back to uh, Barry for the predictions for this absolutely massive cup replay against Luton. How old was Dave Besant? Do you know? 43. Was so it? I still got a chance. 
I've still got a chance. A little one. Extremely difficult one to, to predict this. Uh, I don't think we're very good at home. I still don't think we're very good at home. But I, I think Luton are in a, a, confidence, a crisis of confidence at the moment. Do you know what? I think this is going to go all the way to the penalty shootout. And I do believe that Jonesy will start this game and he's going to save two penalties and score one. So I'm going for a Wigan Athletic win on penalties with Jamie Jones, our big hero. Well, I'm going to make two predictions for this game. I'm going to firstly suggest that the result will be 2-0 to the home team. Um, early goal, and then as Luton starts to chase it, we'll get a second near the end. Um, and then my second prediction is that there will be somebody somewhere on Twitter morning that even though they got a ticket for free, it was too much. Right, well, I mean, looking at the uh, the recent form, neither of those uh, teams are really in, um, let's say, the height of the powers. Um, Latics. I think Torre is keen to get some matches into them, so I think we'll certainly play a strong side. Uh, our cup replay record at home, I, th- I, I didn't get a chance to look at this, but off the top of my head, isn't very good. Uh, I, I, the worst one I remember was a defeat to 4th Division, Notts County, a few years ago. Um, but because of the, the importance that Torre will put on this game for me, um, and the, obviously the home tie against Grimsby. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. 2-1. Mm. So positive. We've all picked us to go through to the next round, which is the main thing, isn't it? Transfer window watch. Uh, as I mentioned previously, Colo Torre said he's working on two at the moment. Uh, I think one of them's Tyler Blackett. I'm not sure who the other one is. Rumours that Joe Gellart, but that seems increasingly unlikely. And the lad from, from Burton... Uh, striker, who knows? It's hinted that there might be more going out yet, so I don't know who they might be. The French players, not sure who. Any ideas? Well, we can't let any of our our frontline players, or we may as well may as well just resign ourselves to relegation. Yeah. So, so I think they're going yeah. to have to be fringe players, players who Torre doesn't feel a part of his plans. Free up some money. Um. I mean, it doesn't look like I've not heard anything about any recalls of players. So oh. for me, a couple of. How about this one? How about this one for you? Would you think there might be a target of a ball playing goalkeeper? Um, well, after after the, uh, I think Amos and Jones would be excellent at rugby union because they seem to find touch quite a lot, don't they? Um, yeah, they're not the greatest. With the feet, are they? I don't understand why, because there's no excuse now. Because um, they're all in the early days of the back pass rule uh, coming in, it was difficult. But now these these goalkeepers should be better. But yeah, maybe Barry, that that would get us well started. Let's get Edison in. No, I would disagree with that. I think unless unless I disagree with that, because you basically you would you be paying for three decent goalkeepers, which is too much wages. Right, we'll be back on Wednesday to uh, run through everything that happened on Tuesday night in the replay and look forward to Saturday's game against Luton Town. So until then, it's up the ticks. Come on. Up the, up the, up the cup tie winning tick.